Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever the mission, home or away, Enterprise helps over 120,000 people every day. With vans of all shapes and sizes, if you have a plan, Enterprise has a van. No matter if you need to rent for an hour, a day, a week or longer, Enterprise offers great rates for you or your business. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello everyone, I'm Danny Kelly and you're listening to the TalkSport Daily podcast. Coming up on the pod today, we've got some angry managers, more VAR controversy, a bit of egg chasing, and a small matter of the world heavyweight battle between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. And that's where we start. Here are the best bits from that exceptional performance from Tyson Fury with our very own Don McGuinness, Glenn McCrory and Adam Cattrall. Brilliant commentary, live and exclusive here on TalkSport. When these fans see this man's face, this place is going to go absolutely wild. The slight delay at this moment in time is because of the TV networks. Tyson Fury's face has just come up on the screen. I'm going to let you soak this in. This is the ring walk. He's dressed in regal robes. He's wearing a crown. The Gypsy King is entering the garden. That is some suit, that, isn't it? I have never seen anything like that. The eyes of the suit now have lit up in red neon lights. He looks absolutely ferocious. What happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas. It's live and exclusive on TalkSport. Is it going to be Bomb Squad or is it going to be Bomb Disposal? Your commentary team tonight, live and exclusive on the radio, is Glenn McCrory and Don McGuinness. The biggest fight in Vegas. It's really it! And Wilder's down! Fury's got Wilder down! In the third round, the huge right hand from Tyson Fury. Oh, my word! Fiori's landed the biggest punch of his career, and Wilder's in trouble. A Deontay Wilder, who's been down, who's been absolutely pummeled, and the towel comes in! The towel comes in! Tyson Fury is the winner in Las Vegas. Jay Reyes, he throws in the towel. Tyson Fury has done the remarkable. He has stopped the unbeaten, the ferocious. Deontay Wilder. I trained like a Trojan warrior. I put myself in a training camp for, for 10 weeks, away from my wife and kids and family. Um, we trained, me and my team. We worked on a game plan. We executed it perfectly. I told everyone who would listen, I was going to knock him out. No one believed me. Everybody wrote me off again. But you know what? That's how we roll, Gypsy King, baby. This is Las Vegas, but it felt like Manchester. You know, I just want to thank every person who came over to support me in this uh, great, great triumph for British boxing. Um, they supported me, they showed up. It was like, it reminded me of scenes of Ricky Hatton when he used to bring thousands over. I bet there's 20,000 Brits across here and people from all over the world to support me. And I'm absolutely humbled, you know. I started off as a villain and now I'm a fan favourite. And I just want to say a big love you to every person who came out tonight. 
and supported me. And I said what I was going to do, and I said I was going to deliver a stunning performance, and I did. We're going to go out tonight, baby, Hakkasan. He's done the showbiz. He's given us an unbelievable walkout. He's come out, put on an unbelievable show. He sang, he's entertained everybody. Now it's time to just go and be a family man. That's what he wants to do, you can see it on his face. He's going to be a superstar now. Everybody's going to want him. He's going to be on every show. He's just become the biggest sports star on the planet. That's a big statement, but he's... He's, he's, he's the heavyweight no, champion of the he, world. If, if he isn't, he deserves to be. It's as simple as that. Everybody in America tuning in on two networks. Well, you just have to see who was here, what Absolutely. the atmosphere was like, like here. It was second to none. And you know, when you see the job, you know he come out, he come out, you know, in a crown, you know, drawn out, carried out. You know that could have backfired. He did that because he was so confident of his own ability and what he was going to do. And it just shows. Forget Otto Wallin and Tom Schwartz. He raises his All, game every time. to the level of the opponent. Every time. And, and, and he told us, didn't he? Both to you and I, Adam. Listen, I can't get up for fighting people like Schwartz and Wallin. But, but he's up for this. We've seen it all week. He's never been as dedicated in training camp. He's never had Paris. But this is the first time he's been with Paris in 12 weeks. It's extraordinary. We have to celebrate this British sporting hero. I said I'd sing a song tonight, didn't I? Yeah! A long, long time ago, I can still remember you now hear from Eddie Hearn, Anthony Joshua's promoter, on Weekend Breakfast on the potential for a unification bout between Fury and Joshua. Big, big thing. First things first, let's get the fight made. And I think that it's such an easy deal to do. I've already spoken to Fury's advisors sort of since the fight, just talking about the fight and stuff like that. Everyone's on the same page. With Wilder, you know, whether people believe Wilder or AJ or whatever, Wilder never really wanted to fight with AJ. Fury does want to fight AJ. And I promise you, AJ does want to fight Fury. What a time for British boxing. I mean, to have one world heavyweight champion from Britain would be great. And but to have two heavyweight champions from Britain with all the belts, we'll never see it again. We'll never see it again. And he deserves all the credit. It was brilliant. This is myself and Simon Jordan talking VAR again on The Final Word. Ultimately, nobody wants VAR driving the game and nobody mm. wants it, as Martin once, Samuels once said, which I disagree with vehemently, as a goal elimination or goal validation service or, or, or the ability to try and rule goals out. But the idea that a game can go on, Eddie Howe touched upon it about the psychological downside of being two, one at one moment and 2 nil down the next. You can't have a significant period of time between a decision, the team going up and doing exactly what you said earlier on in the season is going to happen, which is score a goal, and then that all being unwound. A referee has got to be engaged with VAR quickly, and VAR, we need, we, we've need got a potential penalty. And the referees, I believe, has got to stop the game. And if that decision is proven to be the VAR doesn't give the penalty or doesn't give whatever decision it felt that it needed to look at, then the referee will have to do a drop ball. And if VAR is intervening in a game too many times, then protocols will have to be looked at to be able to see when a referee can do that and when it can't, when it can't do that. But when you've got a situation where literally, I don't know how long it was, was it nearly two minutes? It was quite a while, yeah. Between between the situation being a handball uh, and a penalty decision uh, in, the, in the in the Bournemouth penalty box, going all the way up the pitch, scoring a goal, all the celebrating and then being pulled back, I think it makes a little bit of, of a mockery of... 
the whole engagement of a game, and I don't think it should be allowed. And I think I think the protocol of referees stopping the game, VAR can immediately say to a referee, "We've got a potential penalty decision," and a referee can immediately stop a game. The the um, I can't remember which Bournemouth player was. Was it Charlie Francis? Um, I can't remember who which of them handled the ball. But the the irony was, um, it, it would have been disallowed if he'd handled the ball anywhere in the move with a new thing that if a goal is scored because of a handball, it's disallowed. But of course, he does it in his own penalty area. With the upshot, it's also a penalty. Now I know what the manager would say. We were on the break. I don't want the game stopped. But you'd prefer that to what's happened there, where you got score and then get pulled back. But I just wonder, and I don't know what you think, and it's an expression I, I probably overuse. But I wonder. If by by stopping the game when a decision is being made and taking away the all of the controversy of a goal being scored chalked out and the devaluation of a team scoring a goal, if it doesn't add more integrity and more authenticity, if VAR goes stop, stop now, and then gets the decision quick rather than go for all of what we see, which is the dismantling of a team's adrenaline, enthusiasm, its psychological front foot. I know people can turn around and say, well, you have to get on with it. You're a professional sports person. You have to react to adversity. That's how you judge character. But I don't know. I think that stopping it before it becomes... Prevention is better than cure, don't you think? It's it's so hard to work this one out. I, I mean, I, I wish I had a, a concrete answer to it. I think my answer, the answer is, if the if it's taking more than 15 seconds to say, wow, that's a, that's a handball, then let it go. Because if it's t- taking a jeweler's eyepiece... And two men and sixty, or two women it's and sixty angles. It's saying. not clear and obvious. Mm. Get on with the blinking game, yeah. um, which would take some of this danger out of it. Um, and, but the the struggle. But it was having, a penalty, though, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. So the question is, if it took that amount of time, why are it's like you know, the police are trained to drive at high speeds. Yes. You know, we, we all got advanced drivers tests. I've done my advanced drivers test. It reduces your shorts, yeah. but no, I've, I've passed it. Um, and it, the police are trained to drive at high speeds. Why aren't referees that are being put in front of VR screens trained to be able to assess the information and assess the circumstances in a speed parameter, mm. in a speed-based environment, to be able to get past some of the delays that we seem to be having? And they all want belt and braces. It's all like an insurance company. But they want I to cover think, their backsides. But I think the fans would accept it better if there was an occasional one which was 50-50, but in the interest of getting on with the game, we just said, right, we we don't think that's clear and obvious. We're moving on. And this is Mark Saggers, Ray Houghton and Matt Murray talking Manchester City and Pep Guardiola on the Sunday exclusive. Klopp yeah. signed the new deal, didn't he? Klopp signed the new deal. And you think with if Manchester City are banned, mm. will it affect that little... Not keeping necessarily players, but the, the evolving of the squad that they need to bring players in. Because I said before, I think with company going, that was a big thing for them. And with David Silva, with Aguero, you know, they, they, they're going to need to evolve that squad to keep it at that level. But, but not, only, not only company. So people tend to forget Laporte got a massive yeah, injury, injury. And I think he was... I mean, I think they were recouped without... And they got with, Silva, with of course, David coming to yeah, the end yeah. as well and what have you yeah but then they've still got the funds you yeah, know, yeah, they've the got the funds do, they've yeah. got everything and money still talks but I just feel if they were out for one or even let's say yeah. two years of the Champions League we know in football at that very highest level if you stand still 
you're left way behind yeah, whoever you I are. Agree. Well, it, it could be, but you know, if you've still got Pep Guardiola, you've got one of the best managers mm. in world football. Uh, if you're still winning leagues because you've, you've not got European yeah. football, they'll be rested. Some of the other big sides of mm. would he fancy Italy though? I I don't know with Pep. Seems to me like he likes all the different challenges. Right, I've done ah, Spain, prob- done probably, Germany, yeah. now I've come to England. Might do Italy. China would be an unbelievable pay. That you don't know what he what he do. Would he want to do international oh, football? Yeah, yeah, he, that he, might be he, he's one. just an unbelievable manager. He, he obviously right. loves language. I would not be surprised (laughs) I I mean look I don't know at all I don't know what he's like I mean he's obviously a very intense man and he's he's absolutely brilliant at his job and I know he's very much uh, part of his family are very much my understanding is you know that the the rest of the I think his his daughter's still got education here in the I think his his wife is living back yeah she's living back in Barcelona I think now which may you know, yeah, it, yeah, but people yeah. think that. But for uh, you know, for the the, the modern day uh, European, of course, why? You, of course, they'll be going back uh, to there. And actually, just to get on a plane to go back there is no different to trying to. Probably have his own plane by now. Yeah, and the amount of travelling he must do anyway, <laughs> he's probably hardly yeah. ever at home. Yeah. <laughs> and after Manchester United ascended the dizzy heights of fifth in the Premier League when they beat Watford, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer lavished praise on new Portuguese signing. Bruno Fernandes. First of all, he's fit. He's been tra- He's been playing uh, a full season. Uh, he's confident. Uh, he's in. A, he was in a good good form when he came. And um, but he's slotted in nicely. He's uh, great personality, great character. Uh, it's given everyone else around him in the team as well a boost because we we see uh, what kind of qualities he can give the team. And today, it just shows. Man United character by stepping up and wanting the penalty and doing it as he did. A commanding performance from England and the Six Nations saw them beat Ireland. After the game, Eddie Jones sat down with her own Russ Hargreaves. We played tough the first 40, probably took our foot off a little bit in the second half, but they were always going to get some ball, they were always going to get some referees calls, and we had to defend pretty well, which we did. Uh, we were disappointed to give that try away at the end, but we'll need to be better against Wales. Eddie, Elliot Daly playing at 15, no surprise, put in a really strong showing. What did you make of his individual effort? Uh, yeah, well, he's a good player, um, so it doesn't surprise me. And then Jonathan Joseph, 50th cap, real twinkle toes on the wing at one point, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, no, again, no surprise. You mentioned defence, some really, really good work, wasn't it, in terms of all round the field, particularly without the ball. How much did that please you? Uh, yeah, no, our defence was excellent. Uh, yeah, they're playing a slightly different game, Ireland. I thought we adjusted well to the way they attacked and, and Owen led the defence charge brilliantly. Word on Maro Atoche, he had a very strong game for me. He seemed to be everywhere and really fired up. Yeah, no, really good. Uh, yeah, he wants to take a step up as a leader within the team and, and you do that by influencing better performances by the other players and, and he led the way today. I thought him and Courtney particularly were outstanding. This is the Aston Villa boss, Dean Smith, on game day after they lost a relegation six-pointer to Southampton on TalkSport 2. He was speaking to Alex Crook. Dean, you look thoroughly frustrated both at half-time and at the end of the game. Is it fair to say that some home truths have been dished out in the dressing room? Yeah, they have, but you know, it's not the first time that's the worrying thing this season. Uh, you know, The last three away games in the Premier League, we've gone to Brighton, Bournemouth and now Southampton, all on the south coast. And our first, 14, uh, first 45 minutes in all them games have been poor. Um, you know, and it's all right talking the talk and saying, yeah, we're going to start well, we're going to do this, that. 
but they haven't shown that today and uh, I have to take responsibility for that. How can you legislate for, for starting so poorly because you prepare your team in the right way all week, you work on tactics and then it really goes out the window, as you say, for that first half? Yeah, I mean, you know, you've got personal pride in performance first and foremost and, you know, uh, they've got to drive that from within and, you know, uh, they've got to take responsibility themselves as well sometimes. But, you know, I'm the, I'm the head of it and I'll, I'll, take it, I'll take the brunt of it. In some ways, will the cup final be a, a nice distraction next week or are you fearing the worst because, of course, you're up against Manchester City? No, not really. I mean, this was a cup final for us. I've said earlier, we've got 14 cup finals now, 13. Now we've got 12 left, you know, and uh, we didn't turn up today in this cup final and that's a massive disappointment. You can't afford to start like that at Wembley, can you? Can't afford to start like that anytime you play in the Premier League, um, you know. And today we got punished for it. Quiet afternoon for, for Jack Grealish as well. Was that because he was well shackled by Southampton or a rare off day? Well, he got whacked in the first minute and done nothing about it, did they? So, um, you know, he was, uh, yeah, he was, probably wasn't his, his scintillating best, but um, you know, he's, he's a quality player. We know that. Here's Max and Barry on the warm-up. Guess what? Culverhouse. Jason Dazell. Chris Barrett-Williams, Chris Marsden, Steve Chettle, Steve Slade, Steve Sedgley, Vinny Samways, Steve Agnew, Michelle Vonk, Goodney Bergson, Miksu Patalainen, Mustafa Hadji, Yusuf Chippo, Hassan Kashlul, Egil Ostenstadt, Trevor Morley, Trevor Peak, Liam O'Brien, Darren Peacock. Richard Shaw, John Spencer, Eric Young, Steve Anthrobus, Jason Dazell, <laughs> Barry, Ian Gomez. What? <laughs> oh no. Oh no. What have I done? Well, you've either redazelled or you've double dazelled because I can't remember whether I dazelled or I kiwomied. But either way, Barry, it is a it is a humiliating a defeat. You are feeling how Deontay Wilder is feeling, and uh, fortunately for you, there is a rematch clause you can trigger for next Sunday well, at two I minutes will to midday. Be as magnanimous as in defeat as Deontay Wilder, and it wouldn't do you any harm to be as magnanimous in victory. As Tyson Fury a long, was. long time ago, <laughs> I can still... Hi, I'm Laura Woods, and this is TalkSport Daily. And don't forget, you can listen to me every Saturday night from 7.30 on Game Day, Your Verdict, with Darren Bent. This is the Moose with the Arsenal manager, Mikel Arteta, after they beat Everton 3-2 at the Emirates. Well, that's what we've all been demanding, that we had to put uh, draws into wins. And um, we are closing those margins to win... Uh, instead of drawing and the resilience that we showed today after playing three times in seven days, uh, it was great.
Well, that was just brilliant, wasn't it? And that was the TalkSport Daily Podcast with me, Danny Kelly. Remember the name, Danny Kelly. And don't forget, you can download this pod via Acast, Spotify and Apple Pods. Uh, there'll be another one of these the same time tomorrow when Andy Goldstein will slump back into the chair and we can finish where we started. Tyson Fury and a Don McLean classic. Was a podcast from Talk Sport. The Talk Sport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. <laughs> Too tired to clean your floors after playtime? Forgot to vacuum before your friends bring their little ones over? Let Eufy X10 Pro Omni help. Powerful 8,000 PA suction removes debris and MopMaster dual mop pads scrub away stubborn stains with ease. Save time and keep your floors cleaner. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.